everyone. Today, we're live with Viren Kapadia from Gyrus. Viren is the founder, CEO, and owner of Gyrus, which he founded, I believe, about 14 years ago. Is that right? Or 12? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, Excellent. Yes. Yes. Welcome. Welcome to the show, Viren. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, as you said, so Gyrus Systems, we acquired that back in 2009, you know, uh, as a company. And uh, of, of course, the company has been around and do, you know, it kind of evolved over the over the years, right, kind of thing. So since 2009, yeah, um, it has been a very interesting ride, you know, as a as a owner, as well as the uh, president and CEO. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm really interested to understand more about what is happening in the LMS space. I did a little bit of research the typical research that I do is in places like Google Trends and some of my SEO tools. And from what, from my standpoint, it looks like this space is exploding, both in terms of demand from, from the consumer demand and B2B demand. And I also see a lot of competition, it looks like, coming into the space. Tell me what is your perspective on how, how the space has, is changing and evolving it's this year in particular? Sure, sure. Um, it- you know, overall, if you look at the industry, uh, you know, in terms of the global corporate learning industry, that's what we where we participate in there. It's about thirty-one billion dollar, and even without COVID, it was growing at around eleven percent per year, right? Uh, this year, especially with COVID, I think people recognize that a lot of people who are doing face-to-face training, all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, we need to buy a platform," right? So uh, definitely, there is a, a big demand. They all want to make sure that all of their employees are safe. Um, and at the same time, their business is operational, right? So you need a platform like learning management system to train um, your employees as well as your customer base, you know? Uh, so yes, uh, and I think, you know, we are seeing positive impact uh, as a result of that. And it is helping overall from an industry perspective. So, and uh, no complaints there. Right, you know, you know, from uh, the good thing is all our employees are safe and they're all working from home, and we be and we are able to support all of our customers remotely, and and I think you know we are the beneficiary of it, and uh, you know, in terms of no complaints there. Overall, I think the industry is growing very rapidly, and uh, and I think there are a lot of positive things are happening. Of course, one of your last point in regards to competition. Um, if you look at it overall from the industry perspective, depending on which report, there are 600, 700 LMS vendors. Of course, many of them, they are referred to as an LMS vendor um, in terms of everyone kind of, there is a different variations of features and function and what they can do. Some are just strictly on e-learning. 
Others can support all types of trainings, you know. Others are just webinar-based training. Some are content-based, uh, you know. Uh, they just provide content with a small administration side of it. So yeah, you know, all those variations. So, uh, you know, I, if, if anyone is in the market for LMS, you know, please make sure you do your due diligence because that is also important. Yeah, I want to I want to build on that point, Viren. How long is the sales cycle? Because this to me seems like quite a substantial investment in LMS. It's almost like a an ERP or a CMS. Uh, how long does it p- take people to to do their research and make a decision in this space? It depend depend on the size of the organizations, but typically it's you look at a thirty. You know, on the quickest side is thirty days. On the longest side, you look at it anywhere from 120 days to even, you know, one year, depending on um, the size of the organizations. Um, And you're right, actually, because I think when you try to implement something like ERP, um, of course, the buying cycle is long, but also in terms of the implementation. But the good thing is in LMS, uh, as industry has evolved, uh, and even in our case, you know, our, our product, Gyrosame, has evolved significantly. So we recognize that. So uh, we have been very successful in terms of onboarding customers. So we are to the point where we can onboard a customer in as less, you know, it's like 10 hours, you know, uh, meaning that we will provide the training and you are up and running. And the beauty of it, you want to design and develop a product that is easy to use, right? You know, when you buy an iPhone, it doesn't come with a training manual on how to use it, right? You know, you just go and start using it. I think that is the ideas, you know, um, we started implementing and, and it has paid off quite significantly. Yes, so buying cycle is a little long, you know, uh, but depend on the maturity of the organizations. But at the same time, I think the onboarding has made significant progress around that. So it can be quickly, you know, we are doing, you know, uh, our 30 days or 15 days, uh, depending on, you know, the flex, you know, availability of the resource from the customer side. Mm-hmm. Good question. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Related to that faster onboarding process, one one of the things I noticed on your website in particular was that you have two primary calls to action. One is to request a demo, which is what I would expect. And the other is to start a free trial. And that one surprised me a little bit because of my, my perception is that this is a fairly complex, um, a complex piece of software to incorporate that you need a lot of stakeholders. And I, I'm just curious to know how many people launch in straight into a free trial from the website versus uh, reach out for a, a demo request? Good, good question. Um, so I, I think, you know, you bring a good point because it depends on the buying cycle in terms of where they are, right? If they are investigating different LMS and, and as you know, in our industry, um, 50% of the people who are looking to switch LMS, of those 50%, the number one and number two things is the user experience and the UI, right? You know, a customer experience and the user experience, they are really keen on that. So when you, you know, when people sign up for free trial, I think um, a lot of times, I think the idea behind it is to kick the tire get to know the user interface. How does the product flow, right? Does it offer various functionality? So what we have done, uh, 
we we recognize the fact that customers when they are going to the free trial they are not necessarily ready to buy right then and there but they want to see the experience so what we have done is we have preloaded with data and we offer them various types of roles so if you are an administrator you can sort of go through that and you can see uh, what is that experience of administrator if you are a manager you can see that experience same thing if you are a learner or an employee or member etc you can see that experience so i think you know it is it's all about making sure as part of the purchasing decision to they get to feel it uh, the experience and you know as close as you can get uh, of course you know we are always more than happy to give them product demonstration but a lot of people like to say you know what well, let me try it for myself and i want to see it. so that's why we we sort of wanted to give that both experience from them you know yeah that makes sense and are there I see also that you're serving lots of different industries, but are there any industries now that are seem to be emerging? Or I guess what I really would like to know is because now so much more of, uh, of the workforce is working remote and there's such a greater need of training a remote workforce, are there types of companies that are now getting into, that are, that are using LMSs that never traditionally had used them in the past? Yes, yes. So a lot of service industry, you know, in terms of especially, you know, restaurants and, uh, you know, a small shops and other things, you know, they recognize that because you need something repeatable. One, you have to have your processes documented because if you're going to train someone, you have to have a standard operating procedures, some of the basic things that you want to train. So service industry, definitely, because I think a lot of them uh Many of them, what they were doing before was all about face-to-face -face training. Now it's kind of difficult, right? You know, so um, trying to have a platform and trying to make this repeatable. So we, we are seeing significant adoption on that side. Also, um, as usual, the heavy regulated industry, um, of course, they adopted e-learning and some of the things, but they were also relying on face-to-face -face because the nature of that. They recognize that they have the content. You need to go to the next level and say, okay, I cannot have a, my smartest instructor or the smartest subject area expert individual fly all over the country to do this particular training. So we have to do this remotely. So yeah, I think those two key areas, we are seeing significant growth as well. Mm -hmm. Great. I want to understand a little bit more about your acquisition funnel. So you've got these two calls to action. Some people might decide to go for the demo. Some people might want to kick, kick the tires and get their hands on the on the UI immediately. Um, how well do you convert people from either of those two steps into getting them getting them to that first subscription or getting them as a paying customer? Sure. Um, I think you know it's a complex question, um, and we are still continuing to learn that right. You know every day, but I think. Um, we know for for fact that when people sign up for free trial, right? At least in our case, I think the experience has been that they are not ready to buy it immediately. They are doing a lot of research. So the people who are going in on the free trial, they are not necessarily in the a quick buying cycle, right? So we we learned that quickly. At least for the people who buy our product, are what I will call a mature LMS buyer, which means that 
they are on their second or third LMS, mm-hmm. right? So they are, these are not the first time LMS buyer. So in that case, we learned that, you know, and that's why we put in different data and we're trying to do that. So we are helping them research and shortlist different vendors. As far as from a signing up for requests for demo or other, uh, you know, the context us kind of things, you know, uh, those conversions tend to be much higher because they are ready in their process and they are saying, okay, we know what we want. And I think our buying cycles is less than 90 days or 120 days and we need to shortlist the vendor. So yes, the, the conversion uh, definitely is much better. But at the same time, I think, you know, um, converting them is always a challenge, right? Kind of things, uh, you know, the, as, a, as a, any organizations and we continue to learn from it and we continue to optimize things, you know. Um, it, and there, are, it is a complex sales. So there are many factors involved. You have LMS, you have a contents. You also need to look at it. What were they were using previously, right? To make sure um, the maturity of the organizations, uh, many, many factors in there, you know. Okay. Right. Are you seeing more leads coming in now who have never used an LMS before, and this would be their first? Yes, we are seeing uh, a good factors you know, in that. Uh, I would say probably 30 to 40% falls into that category. But also rest of them are, they have a, some, some sort of you know, LMS and they just need to now say, oh, we need something bigger or something better to, because now we are doing broadly for the across the organizations. You know? mm-hmm. And we are also seeing a lot of um, you know, customers just not happy with what they have. Right. You know, that's also driving the factor. Right. Because in a market, there is a lot of consolidations are happening still you know, right now. So uh, that is driving, which means that product they used to, uh, they, they're like all of a sudden are not being, you know, in terms of they are not going to invest any additional dollar in there and it will be obsolete. So they're like, OK, we need to, you know, mm-hmm. move on the platform or they end up raising the price. Actually, a number of people have done that, you know. So that's also driving a lot of traffic. So, but yeah. 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 I imagine that there is a high switching cost here in this space. What, t- talk to me about the, the pain of switching and how do you alleviate those pain points and those high switching costs for your, for your new customers? Sure. I think, you know, we, we recognize the fact that any organizations who wants to purchase a new LMS, right? So there is a, um, a cost associated with in terms of retraining their workforce on the new platform, as well as their training administration, pulling the data from your old system to the new LMS, you know, that is the one part. You also have to integrate their uh, HRIS system to making sure that employee data comes in, you know. But I think um, many automations are done. So for example, we have a, a many integrations with HRIS, right? So uh, before it used to be, you know, set up a call with IT, get together, you know, plan out all the session. And next thing you know, you know, weeks of going back and forth. And then for, now we are to the point where we have integrations in there. Uh, even the training administrator can do that on their own, right? You know, some of these automations, they can even schedule it on their own. Uh, of course, we would help them, you know, as part of the onboarding. So that that is helping. I think another part of it is bringing the historical data, 
um, it always been critical, right? Because you don't want to lose what you have done as an employee that I'm certified on those, those training because my livelihood depends on those certification, whether I can perform those tasks or not, right? So you want to make sure those data comes in. We have a built-in integrations where we can pull the data from many of the LMSs, uh, our competitors, in a, in a most efficient way, meaning that uh, we can literally pull all the data in a matter of days, actually, versus you know weeks and months. You know, so um, number of these automations tools are helping. You know, so so that's why I am proud to say that we can we with a confidence we can say we can. You know, if it's a medium-sized business uh, with average complexity, we can we can have them up and running in 15 days. If it's complex in 30 days, you know, we can have them. I'll give you one example. We had heavily regulated uh, industry, um, and you know, that customers they really uh, time frame was very important to them, right? And this is in, by definition, these are large large customer, and they needed to be up and running in 15 days. Of course, they are mature uh, LMS buyers, so they know what they're doing. So once we perform our training that was done in one week, right? And the next week, we were able to have their LMS and everything up and running. So in 15 days, we, we got them, uh, you know, onboarded and they are, you know, uh, doing what they need to do to train their folks. Great. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I think uh, similar to, to migrating other large systems, I know we've switched CRMs several times over the years. And I think removing the friction is really the key. The more I remember those decisions for me, a, a lot of it was just which of these solutions is going to make it the easiest and remove the most friction so that I can quickly just move my data over and I want to be using this new system and just hit the ground running. So I, I imagine it's it's the same in your space also. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's understanding uh, what they're using and help them uh, leverage our tools. So in a way, most efficient way. And of course, as part of uh, any time there is an organization change, right? Um, you know, sometimes it's, you know, in terms of they may not be happy with what they have already to begin with. So it's a refreshing to say, oh my God, I got a new LMS and looks much better, and you know I can do all these things uh, in a way. Uh, what I will call a the 21st century LMS versus what you have been using for a while, right? So mm -hmm. those things are refreshing too. So and it's good to see uh, customers giving us a feedback on what they hear from their uh, their employees. So yeah, absolutely. You know, so yeah, those changes are all positive in a way, right? Excellent. So Viren, how many customers do you have now, approximately? So um, over, you know, in terms of as an organization, we are over 500 uh, plus customers. We are in uh, 15 different, 15 plus different countries uh, globally, and uh, we continue to invest. Uh, and we are opening up more markets. So in terms of we have a now, you know, a focus on Southeast Asia as well as the um, Africa and Middle East market. We are opening. You know. Excellent. Yeah. Has this been has this been a fast growth year for you? Have you outpaced the growth of, of the industry? Yes. Yes, we have. Great. Well, that's always a good sign. Yes, yes. What's working what's working on the marketing front? How do you generate leads? 
So I, I think, you know, I wish there was a, a, a one simple formula, but obviously we, we have always worked in terms of putting out more good content for our buyers. So we continue to do that. So our blogs every week, uh, you know, I personally write them. Uh, we also get a help from uh, various other employees as well. But we, we try to put out a different, uh, you know, topics and different content. So it helps buyers. So we are not, the blogs are not necessarily from a selling perspective, but it's, it's a content to help uh, people make, uh, you know, right decision. So these are all about, you know, how to do things, what, what is working, what is not working, you know, what does it mean to have a, a world-class customer service? How do you improve uh, in terms of efficiency in your organization? Different, different things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, social media marketing, that definitely helps. Marketing on the LinkedIn, you know, those, those things also help. Um, we, we are also, you know, started to invest in uh, paper lead, you know, that program we continue to evaluate, you know, th- those things are so small, small things are adds up, you know, but also I think the, one of the things that has worked really well for us is word of mouth. And we get a lot of, lot of refer uh, over the years that we have helped many customers. So a lot of people just coming in say, Hey, so-and-so recommend it, you know? So uh, that, that really has helped us. And, uh, this year, I think we have been uh, extremely fortunate because we received five awards. So we received uh, number three from a customer experience from e-learning industry. Uh, we were in top 20. Uh, another award from e-learning industry for user experience, we came in number seven. We were ranked number uh, in top 20 from training industry. Uh, we were named uh by Craig Weiss, who is a uh, analyst, a prominent analyst for learning management system. We were also named top 20 from him, as well as Aragon Research. Uh, so yeah, this year has been, uh, you know, wonderful, no complaints, you know, you know, from that perspective. So many things coming together uh, from a marketing perspective that has helped. That's great. Yeah. And how many, how many salespeople do you have fielding those leads and working the, the demos? Sure. So we, we, we divided the sales into two teams. So we have a, a North America team and we have a, a team uh, in our office in India. So um, we have a, you know, two dedicated people on each location. And then uh, we, we are also partnering with uh, many resellers to achieve that. So it's not just okay. us trying to sell. So we, we work with number of resellers where where we have a partnership to help us from a sales perspective. Excellent, mm-hmm. excellent. So let's let's take a little bit of a longer term view now. Given the success you've had this year and the growth in the industry, have you started some 2021 planning? And do you have any any bigger picture goals uh, or any exit strategy for the business? Sure, uh, and I think you know uh, definitely for 2021, it's all about execution converting what you have. But at the same time, I think we want to invest heavily in what I will call a sales and marketing infrastructure from a uh, from a tools perspective, as well as processes, and as well as from a, a leadership perspective. You know, So we are looking at all three. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to make sure that um, we are efficient in terms of in each of those respected areas. Mm-hmm. What type of what type of marketing 
tools are you looking at? What kind of MarTech stack right. are you already working with or are you thinking about? You know, the, the, the thing is, I'm, I'm not an expert in everything, right? You know, uh, I'm, I'm good at LMS. Um, so I, I think at this point in time, I think I can't give you a, obviously CRM is the obvious one. We wanted to make sure we, we invest in there. But I think what we are trying to do is we are trying to capture user experience from beginning to end to make sure that we have a good visibility in, in there, you know. So there are a number of tools in there. Uh, I can't name, uh, you know, in terms of right off the bat, but I think, you know, uh, many partners that we are working with. So we want to look at it in a way that um, all those tools coming together to help us achieve that overarching goal. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Do you have any real uh, longer term, let's say just exit uh, exit strategies? Are you looking to raise money or make an exit at some point in say three, five year space? Right. Um, no, good questions because I think the this industry is, uh, like you say, it's hot right now. So everybody's knocking on your door saying, hey, are you ready to sell kind of thing? And uh, uh, my, my answer is simple right now is that we are having lots of fun uh, in terms of uh, with our product and continue to see our impact in our industry. We do not have any plan to sell at this point in time, nor we are looking to raise any money. Uh, I think we are, you know, self-sufficient at this point from a cash perspective. So, uh, you know, we are fortunate that way. And but if anything changes, we'll look at it. But right now, I think we are good in that front. You know, mm -hmm. great. Yeah. Well, that's always a great position to be in. Uh, and sounds like you're enjoying it. Yes. Yes. So a little more on the personal side, Viren. Uh, tell me what uh, what gets you out of bed in the morning. Sure. So sure. I, I think, you know, um, in terms of every day, you know, in terms of, you know, I look at this is, um, is potential opportunity, right? You know, in terms of I look at it, you know, as a motivation from day to day perspective is that um, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And also at the same time, ability to make an impact from our company perspective, from our customer perspective, as well as, uh, you know, society, because having a tools like this also help, you know, in terms of uh, many places, especially on the nonprofit sites and other sectors, you know. Um, so I think that keeps me going, you know, in terms of every single day, you know, seeing that positive impact. That's great. What is your vision of the LMS of the future? What, if we think a few years ahead, what, what might it look like, um, and what, and what are you building for that future? Yeah, you know, good question. Because I think, you know, if you look at it from an academic perspective, education, that model hasn't changed in over two hundred years, right? You know, in terms of, you have an instructor comes in, you know, a professor and student, right? On the corporate world you know, in terms of they have adopted and they have innovated, right? Kind of things you have, uh, e-learnings and some of those things. I, I personally think that learning needs to be part of every organization strategy, right? I look at it, uh, learning shouldn't be, the reason we are doing it because we are required to do so, but the reason we are doing it because it will make us better. I think, you know, as long as we have that mindset and the tools that allow you to do that, I think, because learning can be anywhere, right? You know, it doesn't have to be formal, right? It can be informal, but
But at the same time, it has to be part of your overall strategy. So I think many large Fortune 500 companies, as well as you know, heavily regulated industry, medium or small size, you know, um, as long as you look at learning from that perspective, because I think one, their employee will be happy, more productive, and more importantly, they'll be able to have a positive impact on their, uh, you know, the top line uh, as well as their customer. You know, so I, I think you know. Definitely, there are many tools, there are many ways to learn things, you know, when I'm saying broadly learning, of course, you have the augmented reality and some of those things, you know, that that are in there. Um, We are using heavily AI right now in in our LMS, and that will continue to evolve, right? Because I think now we are recommending a content to an individual, uh, you know, whoever, you know, depending on your position, depending uh, on your location, depending on your department, we are recommending that. And that will continue to evolve, right? Kind of things. We'll have a uh, continued collaborations on that. Uh, and I think that will have a positive impact. So um, many, many things are, are you know, happening on the industry side. Uh, of course, not only just in LMS, but overall from a, you know, from a tech industry as a positive impact. And, and, and all those factors will continue to improve the overall learning experience and having a positive outcome. Excellent. That's great. Well, Viren, uh, has there been, was there something that I didn't ask you that you would like, uh, you'd like our audience to know or something, something else you want to No, I I think from a business perspective, uh, I think you have covered uh, all the major questions. Obviously, on the personal side, I've been married for 25 plus years, you know, and two lovely daughters, you know, and continue to enjoy. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you do you have any other types of uh, anything else that you do just to, to keep yourself uh, mentally and physically sharp and uh, just to keep that engine running? Right. Um, I I love I love to read, so I'm always reading different things. Uh, right. Not only just from the industry, but I like overall readings in in uh, various topics. Right. Uh, so I, I think you know. Uh, I highly recommend that. I think it's a good thing. So you can always learn from uh, from various, uh, you know, different industry, different person, different, uh, you know, level. Uh, so that is always a good thing. Um, I, in terms of, you know, uh, being an active is always, you know, working out and all these things are always a, a good thing, right? Kind of things, trying to have a, a positive impact. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. You know, those things, highly recommend. Can, can you give me a good in our audience, a good book recommendation that you've come across recently? Yeah, um, there are a number of them uh, in terms of the most recently is actually on the investment side uh, in terms of, you know, uh, how you go and invest, right? So uh, Intelligent Investor, uh, I, you know, I read that when I was a long time ago, but recently uh, given what's happened in the market, but, you know, uh, it is on the investor, uh, investment side, but it also gives you a perspective uh, to think not like what everybody's thinking, right? In terms of uh, it's on the value investment, but at the same time, it it, it forces you, which is a perfect timing, right? Because if everybody's doing this, right, what else you should be doing on the, what is that they are not doing? And this is what you want to focus. And, and I think, you know, uh, a good read for anyone who wants to do it, not just from investment, but also overall in terms of uh, from a thinking perspective. Who was the author of that? 
Um, I think initially was Benjamin Graham, but I think it's been rewritten by, you know, uh, I can't remember the author's name right now, but it's Intelligent Investor. They have a different editions in there. Okay. Yeah, I'll check that out. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Great. Viren, well, this has been really fantastic. I, I really enjoyed it. I thank you again for, for coming on. Um, so everyone, again, if, if you're in the market for LMS, please check out Gyrus. It looks pretty awesome. And there's no greater investment, and this is really also my opinion as well, there's no greater investment as a leader of a company than the investment you make in your own people. I believe that there's just simply nothing else that comes close. And, and a good learning management system gives you that foundation and gives you the tools to, to make that investment. So, Viren, thanks again. I've really enjoyed our, our talk and, yeah. uh, and all the best to you. Thank you.